14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. This young lady is angry at me because I hit her elbow. You know, I get kind of, I get kind of frantic getting this thing set up. I know you do. I know, and it always works out okay. So far, not great, but okay. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for that time when it's like you go, Alan, Alan, you didn't say anything, and I'm dead. Like I died. It could happen any time now. I don't know where to go to with that. I can't make a joke. Paul, Paul, Paul our, good, my, our good friend, uh, wrote a play. I forget the name of the play. I acted in it. Four to, Four make, to make two. two. Four to make two. Mm -hmm. uh, comedy. And one of the lines, which I always remember, mm -hmm. read by George, Based on were you George? I wasn't George, no. I was Alan. And oh, you George. were Alan? No, no, no I, I, whatever the guy. Stephen. Oh, the guy's name was Stephen. You were Stephen. Right, which sounds just like Alan. You could be a Stephen. I could be a Stephen. You could be a Stephen. I could be a Stephen with a PH. No. Yeah, Stephen with a PH. Stephen. 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 So, so the line that uh, George, the, that. the, the uh, middle-aged uh, guy said, I always remember this line. He said, you know, if I, if I died now... No one would say it was premature. <laughs> and I'm well beyond that. No, you're not. You know, they, they're no. not going to say, oh, oh he, he was. Oh, he died at such a young age. No, yeah, yeah, uh, no. it doesn't work no, anymore. No, but you're not. Yeah, it works until you're about 35. No, it works until you're about 50. No. no. 55. 60, too. 60. He died when he was 60. He was who is it who died recently? Well, well before his time. a famous person. Uh, this is Bar Crawl Radio, and uh, this is our... I keep calling it the off week, but it's not really an off week. It's the B&A week. It's where we sit here at Five Napkin. You refuse. And you... S you refuse to accept my title. I, no, it's not that I refuse. I forget the what it is. The other, other week. The other, other week. Okay. And you know what? Michael Kink said other, other. Who said that? In the interview, you listened to it again. He said at one point something other, other. Or maybe it was... Maybe it was before we started taping. I don't know. He said, other, other. Right. My, my, Michael, King, my, Michael Kink Michael of Kink. Strong Economy for All Coalition. Right. Who was on last week. Exactly. Right. And so I thought, wait a minute. I thought I was the only one. You know how you have that feeling when you say something, you think you're the only one who's ever said it? I guess that's impossible. Because I must have heard it from no, somewhere. No, I've come up with things I don't think anyone has ever said. Like what? Well, I've been waiting for it to come around. I call, to, for my students, I call their cell phones their mini-me's. Oh, mini-me's. Yeah, that's true. I think that's you. And I think that's a really neat name for them because that describes exactly what they are, like this young man here. That's yeah. his mini-me. Yes, yes. Yeah, he's with his yes. mother, but he's, he has his mini-me. Yes, yeah. right. Okay. Well, um, I was listening to my friend's podcast, shout out to Sam Seitels, who started the uh, Camp Tuscaloosa podcast from go. Peapod. Yeah, we, you can listen to it on Peapod. We have Peapod. to support other podcasts. Absolutely. And so he was talking to his friend and they played this game that um, the kids and Sam used to play. And it's kind of like, I forget, it's like, would you rather, I think. So one of the questions was, would you rather, so they're like, both of, you know, 
equally bad choices, right? Okay. So he played the game and the... Would the you rather eat frogs or... Yeah, but worse than that. Oh. Would you rather go a year without any electronics? Oh. Now, I don't know if that includes electricity or just, you know, our mini-me's and our, our pads and et cetera, television. Refrigerator. I don't know. That's not an electronics. An electronic electronics, is a little, yeah. it's a small portable. Computers. Yes. Right. So would you rather would you rather go for a year without any electronics whatsoever, or not go outside for a year? Wow. And and I mean that that choice seems so clear to me. I know you're. Ch I know what you would say. Yeah, I, I know I what need, you would I say. I need to be outside. Yes. Well. Yes. And the friend that he was talking to, the young man he was talking to, made the point finally that worked for me. He said, well, I, I would do without my electronics because I'd want to go out with my friends. And it wasn't, and for me, you know, I'm not a big outside person, so it's not about being outside. And, but I agreed with him. But anyway, whatever you said reminded me of that. What did you say? I don't remember. I'm, you know, <laughs> if I were to die right now, it wouldn't be premature. It would. So. It would. You know, I'm going to sock you if you don't quit talking about dying. <laughs> you know, I could go first. Look, you got to laugh. You just got to laugh. <laughs> you got to look death in the eye and say, ha, ha. Why don't we just say what's on like your my mind? my good Why nephew, Why don't we just Zach. say it? Come on. What's on my mind? Yeah, what's happening? What's coming up? Oh, um, um, I mean, what's, what, well, we're coming up this Friday, but what's coming up next? No, not on, par, not on BCR, in our live. Uh, in our life together. Um, We're having I don't a big know. celebration. Big celebration. For the big, big I don't birthday know. party. Birthday. Someone's having a birthday party. Yes. Come on, keep going. <laughs> keep going. I'm, getting, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm thinking here. Someone's someone having a birthday party. Happy birthday. At this bar. At this bar. Right yeah. next to me. Oh, this young man here? Nope. They don't know him. told you he has his birthday? No idea. Oh, maybe the lady over here? Nope. Who's having her salmon? Mm, nope. No. It looks good, though. It does. It does look good. Yeah. Right. I was thinking maybe I want to get that salmon. Salmon salad, salad with french yeah, fries. Asian salad or something. I have no idea. You're going to make I me say it? I don't want you to say it. <laughs> okay. That I am turning the big... Oh. <laughs> the big... Oh. I am. I'm going there. Like, like, I'm actually going there in a few days, but it's then we're having one in ten. a big celebration on June 2nd yes. at some bar in Midtown. Do you remember I the name of it, it? It's called The Green Room, I think. The Green Room. It's at the World Stages um, right. Complex. And we're inviting all my, my friends. And there, there, are, there are people that I found for my Zero party <laughs> that I haven't spoken to in, in decades. Yeah. It's not even years. Yeah. It's like when you're young, you say, I haven't talked to you in years. No, this is decades. Yeah. You know, you live long yeah. enough, and like you, you measure time in decades. Right, it's true. You know? It's true. They were, you were all young when you talk, last you talk, last you spoke. Last I spoke was. Except uh, Lanny. He, Lanny, I mean Lanny was young, but he he always looked older. He, he always the looked old older. Roles in, yeah, he's, in a, he's a bit older than me. A little older, yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, he, he so he makes me feel better because you know <laughs> he's he, the next to go, not me. Oh God. It could be me. Come yeah, on. I know it could you be. It, know. It, it, it could be anyone. Yeah. It could be the young man sitting next to you. Who knows? Yeah. You know, he may have ate something that wasn't good. Stop. All right. He doesn't hear what I'm saying. Um, so, um, so Lanny and uh, and then some of my friends have died. I know. Jim McClure. Jim McClure passed away. Yeah. Yes. I mean, who knows? I'm. Thank God, Lanny's still around. Yes. 
Yes. Hey, Lanny. Yeah, that's very sad. I know you, you're going to start listening to our podcast. So I'll say, hey, Lanny. Shout out to Lanny. Okay. And Greg Rowe is going to show up. And Melissa Hurst may show up, who was this gorgeous creature when she was younger. But we, yeah. I never really got to be friends with her. I think she was too pretty. So, but... So you invited her, even though she wasn't your friend I asked, early on? I asked. Yes, I think I did. Okay. I, think I did invite her. All right. So this is going to well, be, like, be like a reunion. Being with And Francis Aronson, who was into lighting. Oh, Francis, and, you invited Francis? Yeah, and these are oh, all people we that I But we have run into Francis went to on the SMU street. It's together. so funny. Our friendship has been maintained just by street, yeah. um, you know, she, she lives, like, right around gatherings. the block. But I went to Southern Methodist University Theater Department, and these people were there. And, and Beth Henley... Was, uh, but she's not coming. No, no, she's not coming. No, we were never friends. And Stephen Tobolowsky. He's not coming. He's not coming either, right? Yes. Well, they're probably out in Hollywood. Probably. Probably out there. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Right. Well, Stephen has had a very good career. Yeah. Mr. Tobolowsky. We've enjoyed watching him. He's I, very I have, funny. I have. Um, it was a Groundhog Day. Yes. I really liked I know. That was Day. great. When right. he kept stepping in the... And he was puddle. also in Mississippi Burning. Yes. I, I showed that to my class. He's been in a lot of really good films. He plays a really nasty Ku Klux Klan leader. Yeah. Do you think he was the most successful of that SMU? Powers Booth was pretty good. Powers Booth, he did. He went pretty far. He went. He he did. He did some big movies. Yes. You yes. Know, His, played hero the, types. The, the thing that kind of was difficult for Power Powers, whom we met, he and was he just was a really nice guy. Looking. No, because no. he, um, the actors were on on strike the year that he kind of his where the, was his zenith when he was nominated for a Tony or something he was nominated oh, for an award oh I forgot all about that yeah. yeah and I don't I think he went to the awards he may have won it and it accepted it in a year when a lot of actors weren't showing up to the to the uh, yeah Powers Powers Booth award shows I don't know how many people remember him he was he's my he was actor. my acting he's teacher he's a really good actor he was a much better actor than a teacher and yeah. I think he would even agree to that well some people just you know. Aren't into teaching. Yeah, that was at SMU, Southern Methodist University. Yes, yes. In uh, Big D, Little A, Double A, S. Right. Yeah. So um, we we wanted to uh, um, talk about uh, a letter that we got from uh, one of our. I got a messenger. Um, um you know, the Facebook messaged. Yeah. Uh, from our cousin, Ariella. Who is a who is a big time BCR listener? Well, she said she listens to us, which in is Israel. really nice. Yes, yeah. she lives in Israel. Right, and she so she um, she uh, yeah. In fact, in fact, we have twenty seven listeners in Israel. I thought you weren't going to say the numbers. Well, we said Israel. I won't say the other numbers. We'll, we'll and we'll get to that in a second okay. about BCR the is smattering an, of listeners. is an international yes um, listeners of very few, but it's it's all over the world. Yes. But she wrote a letter about uh, our talk with Brian and Kathy. Okay, um, so remind our listeners of that talk. Okay, this was Bar Crawl Radio number thirty something. It was about uh, civil disobedience. Right. And uh, Brian uh, Terrell and Kathy had just completed a civil disobedience I can't remember her down. last name Kathy I can't remember her last name uh, I'm sorry Kathy um, they, they are um, uh, two wonderful people belong to Witness Against Torture which is trying to close down Guantanamo Right. and uh, they were in, in the city uh, as part of another group called um, I wrote it down here Oh, Kathy Kelly. Kathy Kelly. And Brian Terrell. Um, 
they are members of Witness Against Torture, which are trying to close down Guantanamo, and they're also part of Voices for Creative Nonviolence. Mm -hmm. And so they were here for two reasons. One, because they were called by the court because of another action. They that had Brian to go to court. Done. They had to go to court because they, they were they had been arrested. They blocked the uh, U.S. Uh, uh, mission to the U.N. And so uh, they protested in front of it. Right. And uh, you can't do that. No, you can't block there. And, and he he had to come to court for that. But they were also protesting the um, McDonnell Douglas strike. Uh, bomb. In Yemen, the, uh, McDonnell Douglas. There was a bomb, bomb used that made, they made by McDonnell Douglas that was dropped on a school bus of children by Americans. Killed forty or something children, right? Right. So three, I'm going to say. So we, uh, I, I followed them, and we went to the uh, McDonnell Douglas office and in uh, in Midtown on the east side, and they they protested. And that's on Barcor Radio, one of the down in the 30s. Right. So they talked the, about their <laughs> views on. Um, on civil disobedience and, and on going to jail and, and mm -hmm. right and, um, and prisons in general for us because they experience prisons exactly. including federal prisons and so um, so our, our listener from Israel Ariel Ariella. wrote us a uh, letter and um, she writes I'm a loyal listener to your podcast and appreciate hearing um, very different political views from my own I mean, she's, she's Israeli right mm -hmm. you think you could have your recent guest back and ask Kathy and Brian some questions about how to practically deal with evil, even though most of us would agree that the military and prison systems are deeply broken. Right. Um, she goes on to say, like, for example, without a prison system, what would they suggest we do with murderers or domestic abusers? Uh, and how would they suggest Israel react to Hamas, who rains rockets down on the civilian areas in Israel, including most recently Tel Aviv? And someone was just recently killed last week. And, and we got this earlier. I mean, the killing keeps going on. Yes. And she refers to a stabbing and shooting in the city of, uh, of Ariel this morning. So they're living the morning that, that she terrorists said that. in their midst. Right. Uh, just, just one more thing. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying Israel is, this is what she writes, is blameless in the conflict here, although I assume I see the balance of blame very different than you or your guests see it. But I do wonder what they think should be done in the here and now. Right. So I called up Brian. And he uh, didn't really have any specific solutions for well, the Israeli-Palestine problem. But he has an analysis of he it. He has an analysis and he has an opinion. So we spoke today um, from, uh, he's, he was on his farm in Idaho. And we spoke today and I thought we'd hear, um, it's about a four minute kind of um, extract of our conversation. And so, so, uh, so here it is. It's a little town of about 25 people called Malloy, Iowa, seven miles from the Missouri border. My wife and I live here, and we raise dairy goats and chickens and a big garden. My wife, Betsy, is a weaver, and that's your friend. Uh, she says uh, that uh, our military and prison systems are deeply broken, and that she starts with that admission. And we then, from there, it's like we can't continue to do things that are continue with programs that are deeply broken and that are we're getting the opposite response uh results mm -hmm. than than what we are you know what, what we supposedly are looking for back in december there was a terrorist attack in strasbourg france and a man attacked the christmas market which is famous five people were killed and uh 11 were wounded the attacker said 29 year old man sheriff shikot 
um, of Algerian descent who was shouting Allahu Akbar when he was killing these people, and he, he claimed uh, ISIS affiliation. This was somebody who was on a police watch list for terrorists, and also he was somebody who had a whole string of minor convictions. He had not committed any serious crimes, but he had dozens of small scrapes for the law and had spent uh, many months in prisons and jails. And it said that he was um, radicalized in prison. This man was born in, in of Algerian um, heritage, but born in, he was a local boy, <laughs> mm -hmm. born in Strasbourg. Much more likely that he was going to get in a, a scrape with the law. And like here, um, white boys get picked up for something and they call the parents. And, and you know, young men of color often are you know, taken right into the... Uh, into the jail system. So this this young man, he, you know, not to justify, of course, not to justify his attacking of innocent people at a uh, at a Christmas market. Mm -hmm. But what would have happened if he had, if this young man would have, from his childhood, known that he had a place in French society, and if he had equal educational opportunities, equal employment op opportunities, if he wasn't going to be watched by the cops and picked up for minor. You know, he might not have committed the minor crimes that he got jailed for in the first place, and he would have been treated better if he had. Uh, radicalized in prison would never have happened. And the, these five people who were killed in Strasbourg last December would probably be alive mm. if Sharaf Shakat had the, the same chances that they gave a white man in France, with a French name, uh, proverbs in the in the Bible attributed to uh, to Solomon, saying, "If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's you know, if he's naked, give him clothes. If he's thirsty, give him to drink." Yes, uh, is is that really? You know, we, we are much safer if the people we consider our enemies, even the people who hate us, we have a stake in making sure those people are secure and safe been able to have hopes for their, their own lives and for their children. But it just makes sense. When, when a young person gets out of prison, we ought to be just as concerned that that young man, a young woman, is able to continue their education, yep. able to find a good job, able to find a home. <laughs> you know, sometimes people in some states, people who are out of prison are not, not eligible for uh, subsidized housing by the government. No, somebody gets out of prison, and we ought to be very concerned for just for our own safety. I'm not saying a pie in the sky altruism, and it's pragmatic. It is realistic. Somebody gets out of jail, they ought to get a job. <laughs> they ought to get a house. Yes. <laughs> they ought to be able to, to, to buy food for themselves and for their families. And if somebody gets out of prison and is not able to do those things, that's, that's dangerous. Uh, there, there we go. There's um, Brian Terrell uh, from his farm in Idaho. Um, it's, I, I was thinking that um, the number of people in this restaurant are more than the number of people in his entire town. Uh, in Idaho? In, uh, yeah, in Idaho, yeah. Well, yeah, he said like there was 28 people oh, well, in yeah. the town. right? Probably more than 28. Yeah. So um, hopefully um, our, our young listener heard that answer. Uh, I, I continued to talk to Brian for about 20, 25 minutes. And at the end of this podcast, I'm going to include the entire uh, conversation. conversation. Okay. Right. Um, so, so that if you want to stay on after the, this half hour piece that we usually do, certainly uh, stop and listen. 
But I mean, he um, he um, reflected on how how Israel's um, has uh, and the administration of Israel, not the people, but the administration has set up a sort of prison. I think that the background is too loud. I'm really kind of bothered by the um, background noise. That's what it always is, sweetie. I thought you could turn it down. Turn down the background noise? <laughs> I can't turn. We it, ask everyone to be quiet. What if you turn the mics down a little bit? And we talk right into the mics. Uh, one, one, one. There you go. One. There you go. One. That's okay. All right. That's okay. That's better. That's better. All right. So you were saying that he was equating the Palestinians to being in somewhat imprisoned in their state. Right. Because they don't have the rights that the, um, well, I mean, they're, that they're, the other people in the country they're, have. They're kind of imprisoned in the place where they're at. Right. Um, I understand. And, and yet there's all of this uh, antagonism between the two sides. Right. Right now there's killing going on between both sides. Right. Um, and so I asked him, it's like, where is the solution to this? And he really, he really didn't have any solution. He just had an analysis of that. We can't keep going like this. We can't keep imprisoning our young men of color. Um, and Israel cannot continue this um, antagonism of the other. Yeah. Um, uh, that is, I think that there he, are many he, people in Israel who would agree with you. Right. But, but exactly they don't how see you a way do it. out. I yeah. know. They don't see a way out, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That would be equitable for all concerned. Yeah. I had this, uh, this pipe dream a long time ago. This, I had envisioned that somehow they would set up in Jerusalem a religious state in which it was um, um, kind of run by a triumphant, would you say? Is that the word? Well, by three. By, by three, three leaders. Three leaders. One from the Muslim faith, one from the Jewish faith, and one from the Christian faith. Because all three religions claim that area as their home, as the beginnings of their religions. And so because it would be three, you know, there would always be two, you know. It's an interesting idea. It would never happen. Maybe not. But it would, be, but it would become uh, an inside part of Jerusalem, somewhere in oh, Jerusalem. Oh, it would just be Jerusalem. It wouldn't be all it of Israel. It wouldn't be the all of Israel. No, it would just be kind of like, kind of like the Vatican is in the middle of Rome. It'd be like a place where those three religions would have their a court of a sense of of their you know religious beliefs, and they would they would save the important aspects of the religion, and they would um, you know work together to to calm any concerns, and they would be friends, buddies. Yeah. Tri- uh, isn't it triumphant? Triumphant. Tri- triumphant. Right? But I the don't thing know. is, it's not that. That's not going to happen. There's no. There's no will for something like that. I know. And just because it would happen, you were doing it in Israel. I mean, in Jerusalem doesn't mean that the rest of Israel would be. Uh, that's true. Would would be saved from the violence. That's true. Of uh, of attacking the other. Right. Whether the other is a Palestinian or the other is a as a Jew. Um, it's kind of a childish idea, I guess. Yeah, I mean, um, we're, we're, we're in the middle of attacking the other in this country because we don't allow Mexicans to, uh, to come in who need asylum. It's, 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 all, it's all the other. It's all the other. It is. It's the fear of the other. And a lot of things have been blamed against the other, and they, and they had nothing to do with it. So I, when I was talking to Brian, I had found out that he had been in prison in Yankton Federal Prison. 
in uh, Yankton. Uh, I know, Yankton, where Paul went to college. Where Paul went to college. The same building where Paul Rubin is now, went to college. Is now a federal Ryan prison. Ryan Terrell was in federal prison for right. six months. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about how that. the institution of a college and the institution of a prison, one with students and one with prisoners, both learning a lesson. Yes, one but a lesson, lesson. The lessons are very different. Very different. One is a lesson of you know get get the other guy. The other is a lesson of cooperation and. So what if they turn prisons into colleges? Well, I'm going to be teaching at uh, Otisville. I know. So there's a prison being turned sort of into a college. Right. And uh, I'll be teaching film there. Right. And um, maybe uh, Michael Cohen will uh, take my class. And I think it's yeah, because he's going to be there. He's going to be there. That's right. He may need. He may want to watch some films. You. What if he comes into your class? Are you going to be like starstruck? Like, oh, oh, Mr. Cohen! Oh my God! <laughs> You're a celebrity. I'll turn into a little girl. Yeah, but I. But think about that. What if they turned prisons into schools, for real? In which they not only had film classes, but they also had classes in which they could um, learn a trade, or learn, you know, how to fit back into society. I mean, I know some 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 prisons have that. I think. Well, Otis, Otisville does. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm, you, you go into the south, so those those prisons are pretty uh, pretty terrible. You I wouldn't you know. Don't, you don't want to. I mean, but even the, even a nice prison, Brian was in uh, Yankton. He said that was an okay prison, but a prison is a prison. Yes. And you're you're no, you're not allowed to be yourself. You're a number. And he made it clear in this article that he wrote. He made it clear that while he um, relatively had it easy. But there were other prisoners who did not. Yeah. And if anyone wants uh, Brian Terrell's um, uh, article that he wrote, which he extends this argument that he makes, uh, just um, email us at barcrawlradio.com, and we'll uh, send you a link to that to that article by Brian Terrell. Um, there was one other thing we wanted to talk about, right? And that is, we've got new statistics on Barcrawl Radio. Yeah, we went on Pippa, and Pippa has an uh, analytics which gives you uh, a rundown on how many people are listening to you. And I thought it was nine people. Yeah, but we it, thought it, nine, maybe more. eleven. <laughs> Under yeah. hundred, but it's more. It's much, much more. Yeah, it's, we. It's and, heartening. And, and, um, we're, and we're kind of hovering on a thousand. I thought we weren't going to say numbers. Well, but I like a thousand. Well, a that's pretty low, good. though. Yeah, I, I know mean, it's in low. The, in the but world of podcasts, that's pretty it's low. It's a beginning, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe the next time we'll talk about podcasting because the world of podcasting has got me down. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, we'll, 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 we'll talk about that. Okay. But just some of the countries where people are listening yes. to Bar Pro Radio, yeah. obviously the United States. Okay, yes. All right, mostly the United States. Right. But then um, we have people from the Netherlands. Listening to Park Hall Radio. Or the, or the Netherlands? Netherlands. No, that's, right. I guess, I don't know. You have Israel, to ask them. we said Israel. Yes. United Thank you, Arab Emirates. Yes. China. 11. Now, Thule says they you all... You said you were going to give numbers. I know, but that's, this is funny because Thule said that they all work for the government, she thinks. There you go. They're checking out on the United States culture. They're listening to, yeah, U.S. Right. culture, trying to get... Uh, yeah, going to get lots of secrets here. Lots of information. Right, well, that wasn't Chinese. Radio. That was more German. Um, we, we're, we're not... We're being listened in Germany, in Belgium, mm -hmm. in Brazil, France, Italy, Poland, Austria, and Afghanistan. Yes. I we thought the Emirates. 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 Yes, yeah, I said that. United, oh, United Arab Emirates. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, and Afghanistan. So, and Afghanistan. So 
Barclay Radio is it kind of like going international. It could be Marines listening. Marines. From hey, New Marines. I will. Hey, our son is a Marine. Yeah, but he's not in Afghanistan. Well, he was a Marine. He was. He, he, no, he, no, was, he, he wasn't was in Marine. Afghanistan. Yeah. He's, he's, he was a Marine. So uh, I was also, I mean, one of the things I wanted to say is I'm, I'm going to be teaching a podcasting class. And um, so I started listening to some podcasts and started like reading. There's a lot of academic academia on podcasts, which I'm not going to talk about now. But I'm going to be on an academic podcast called um, Indoor Voices. Doesn't that sound like a like an academic? Okay, every children, Indoor Voices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's so I always just say to my students, "Where are you? Where? How, what's the behavior?" Yeah. Where so are Kathleen you? Collins, who's a uh, professor, an academic, and a librarian at John Jay College, has invited me to appear on her podcast called Indoor Voices. So I started listening to other um, podcasts. And um, I got an idea. I was listening to this one podcast called Armchair, Armchair Experts. Do you know Armchair Experts? Mm-mm. All right, it's, it's um, like celebrities, uh, like Mark Marin, where they talk to celebrities and it's like they learn about each other and, you know, it's that kind of thing, which mm-hmm. we're, we're never going to do. No. One of the things they do is they, te- they sell merchandise. Right. Well, you can't do that with a thousand listeners, I'm afraid. I know, but when we get up to like a thousand and forty, a hundred thousand. Okay. Well, this armchair experts they had like forty thousand. Oh, so really? It wasn't Just forty thousand. About forty thousand. Okay, so. And they were selling T-shirts and coffee mugs. Okay. Right. So what are we going to sell? Wait, 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 wait. Okay. One of the coffee mugs was seventeen dollars and fifty cents. Uh huh. Which is okay. Yeah. But then I saw the same coffee mug was selling for two thousand dollars. Wow. Now, why? Because the guy had drunk out of it. He was drinking out of that coffee yeah, mug, yeah. and his DNA is still on the coffee oh, mug. Oh, you know, people buy weird things. Oh, I'm well. telling you weird things, like uh, somebody who blew their nose in a tissue, supposedly, or, you know, urine samples. I mean, it's like weird I things. I have got <laughs> tissue and urine samples. And I think we, you know, it's like there's a whole bunch of straws here. I could, like, lick a several of them. <laughs> Like and get like uh, get get them all real juicy and then sell them for like I a get, dollar each. Oh yeah, and there's a little piece of my olive left. And you could sell that olive for like <laughs> fifty four cents. There's all kinds of things we could sell. We are not celebrities. I know, but we're, I'm thinking we're, we're, we're celebrities. This glass that I finished up with what this beer. By the way, I didn't I didn't say what beer I was I was drinking. I'm drinking Voodoo Rot Ranger. Okay. Which is a flat tire IPA. Uh-huh. So I could take this glass, yes. which is kind of still sticky. Lick all over it. And I could, well, I've already licked the whole thing. I kind of licked down the bottom because I really liked it. I could steal it, put it in my pocket. And sell it. Like I did just now. Bella didn't see me do that. No, she didn't. No. And I could take this glass. This glass the would be worth continues. $1,500. Our call radio. They steal your glasses. And then we could actually go on a vacation this summer. Everyone, Go please. try it. Go for it. Go I've for got it. a glass here. Do it. That do was it. used do on Bar Crow Radio number 42, it. everyone. It was used. It was drunk by me, Alan Winston. We're putting it up on our barcrowradio.com. And now I'm, I'm rubbering it on Rebecca's shoulder. Yeah, and you and can. And now I'm putting it in the pocket can, of my smoking you jacket. You can bid on it. You can, you can bid on it. Lowest bid starts at $1,500. Start starting because you may have this. Okay. It's an original Barcarator number 42. It we'll report next time on our next on show. how many bids we got on this really fantastic it's a lovely five-napkin bar glass. So there we go. 
All right. So um, I think that's uh, Barco Radio number 42. Um, the uh, Barco Radio episode that we were talking about before with Kathy and Brian, I just found it. It's, uh, it's uh, Barco Radio number 32. 32. Called Peace Activists Are Different. So if you want to hear Brian Terrell and uh, Kathy Kelly, that's Barco Radio number 32. And you can just stick with uh, this podcast, just uh, another 30 seconds. I'm going to play a little music, a little, I think, something uh, uh, that I like, and then we'll come in right with the rest of my conversation with Brian. Okay. How about that? Sounds good. All right. You, you, you're looking at me like, this is enough because you are hungry. No, no, no. Not no. at all. No. You had a long day. No, no. Nothing like all right. that. Barco Radio coming to you from um, Five Napkin here on West 84th Street and Broadway. And uh, it's time to have dinner. All right, here comes Sounds the music. Good. Here comes the music. Just wait and you'll hear Brian again. <laughs> Speaking now with Brian Terrell, he's on his farm in Iowa. Um, what what uh, what town are you in? It's a little town of about twenty five people called Malloy, Iowa. Wow, we're seven miles from the Missouri border, and uh, my wife and I live here. And we raise dairy goats and chickens and a big garden. And uh, my wife Betsy is a weaver, and that's yeah. And I, uh, I, we, uh, Becky and I want to come out there and visit you sometime and help you out with the. Uh, with the goats and maybe the weaving, if someone could show us how to do it. Uh, what's the weather out there now? Oh, it's kind of cold and blustery uh, rainy oh. today. Uh, very green and and uh, it's uh, quite nice. Th- th- again, thank you for um, for responding to our listener. Um, again, she's a young lady from uh, Israel. She's uh, listens to Barcore Radio and listens to your uh, discussion, the conversation that we had with you and. Uh, Kathy on um, civil disobedience, and of course, I think we're going to follow through with that conver- that, that that kind of conversation. She was interested in um, basically. I saw two questions, um, and I just wanted to get a, a kind of a brief response from you. The first thing she seemed to be asking about w- would be, you know, what is to be done with dangerous people? You know, aren't prisons the correct place for these dangerous people? And the other one, which I guess is related was that, you know, Israel is in a very dangerous position, has a lot of enemies around it, the way she describes it. Uh, shouldn't, you know, shouldn't Israel protect itself against its enemies that want to destroy it? This is an old, um, you know, um, call that we've heard. Uh, and I just wanted to get a response from you on either of those questions um, mm-hmm. to this to this young lady. Well, yes, I think they, uh, it's... Uh almost the same answer. Uh, we have a military-industrial complex and a war-industrial complex, and, and a, a prison-industrial complex, and uh, we're uh, conditioned to believe that these are, both of these are protecting us, and uh, they really are not. I think of, um, and, and your friend, uh, in, you know, you sent me her quote from her email, she, she says uh, that uh, our military and prison systems are deeply broken, and that she starts with that admission. And I think one thing we, we then from there is like we can't continue to do things that are continue with programs that are deeply broken and that are we're getting the opposite response 
uh, results mm-hmm. than than what we are, you know what what we supposedly are looking for. I think uh, I know the U.S. prisons best, kind of intimately. Um, you you do you know have, you know it firsthand. <laughs> yes, and actually, in the United States today, fewer than five percent of criminal cases go to trial, and in some places, uh, in Nevada, where I just was, it's uh, fewer than one percent. Uh, people are accused of crimes, and they will uh, plead guilty. Uh, whether they're innocent or not, uh, to a lesser charge if they can. But very often it's just a matter of, of uh, you know, more than 70% of the people who are in jails, local jails, are in pretrial detention and would be released uh, if they could post a bond. Uh, and people who can post a bond do walk. Uh, so you're accused of a crime and um, you... Uh, very often it's situations like where a young mother who's picked up in in, in the evening uh, kids are home at uh, you know without anyone watching them and they appear before a judge at nine o'clock and they're told if you plead guilty you get a hundred dollar fine and uh, uh, thirty days to pay it if you plead not guilty you have to come up with five thousand dollars bail to get out until you have your chance to argue your your guilt or innocence um, people plead guilty. And then on the higher level, it is uh, uh, people accused of, uh, say, a drug crime. It is, um, you know, you're, you're pleading guilty and getting five years or pleading not guilty and risking um, a huge portion of your life, uh, decades. And, and so the, the, it's, we're not keeping the, the, the dangerous people are not being locked up. That's uh, the very uh, smallest portion of people who are in jail. And then what we do uh, here in Iowa, where I live, it's particularly uh, onerous, is that when somebody is released from from a jail or a state prison, they're assessed a $50 fine per day for, for being locked up, even if you've been locked up for years. And during that time, uh, until that money is paid, uh, a former prisoner cannot register a car, cannot um, uh, take any job that requires a state license. I can't so what, the, the $50 is like... A cab driver, and t- t- they often have a bill of thousands and thousands of dollars, and they are out of the legal economy <laughs> until that's paid. So you're um, in prison for, a, say, a relatively short time, uh, six months. Um, you were in the Yankton Federal Prison for six months uh, a while ago. You have to pay, yes. so not there, but in your state, they have to pay $50 a day, like rent of right. the cell, now, like they're renting the yeah, cell? Yeah, if I was in a state prison or, or a county jail in Iowa, I would have been released with, um, you do the math, $50 a day for... For, for six times 30, 120 days, 180 days. Yeah. That's a lot of money. So, um, and then I would not be able to... Um, uh, uh, you know, some of my work as a, I'm a certified nurse's aide, for example. I've done that job off and on over the years. I would not be allowed to do that work until that money is paid. Um, How many states have so, this situation? I never heard of oh, this. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's, 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 it's fairly common. Um, but, but, but in every case, you know, we, we know, too, that, that uh, for the same crimes in the United States, it's... it's um, uh, you know, people are are uh, 
many times, uh, you know, people of color are going to jail at a much higher rate for the same crimes as 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 white people. Yeah. And then you add the economics to it and everything. Yeah. So I was at the time I, I was asked. Um, RT calls me once in a while when they've got a, a question. Uh, um, the Russian news service and back oh in RT December, the Russian news service okay so yeah. they, they they're in contact with you yeah uh, the Strasbourg uh, Christmas bombing it was horrible B- back in December mm-hmm. there was a terrorist attack in Strasbourg France and a man um, uh, attacked the Christmas market which is famous with yes. a revolver and a knife and, I remember that uh, five people were killed and uh, eleven were wounded. And uh, the attacker, who um, said, "29-year-old man, Sheriff Shikat, um, of Algerian descent, uh, had, uh, and he was shouting Allahu Akbar when he was killing these people, and he he claimed uh, ISIS affiliation, uh, which is all very unclear. But anyway, the questions I was asked was." Um, this was somebody who was on uh, a police watch list for terrorists. Mm-hmm. And also he was somebody who had a whole string of minor convictions. He had not committed any serious crimes, but he had dozens of small scrapes for the law and had spent uh, many months in prisons and jails. Mm-hmm. And it said that he was um, uh, radicalized in prison. And... <laughs> Uh, they the, the questions I would ask was, couldn't the police have done more to prevent this? And, of, of course, they couldn't have. Um, I looked it up, and the uh, the uh, situation, they don't have the same mass incarceration there as here, but the statistics are very frighteningly close. In France, um, the uh, Muslim population of France is less than 8%, but the statistics are... Uh, nobody keeps direct, uh, you know, there are people are not asked their religion in, in the prisons, but the, the estimates, the lowest estimate is 40% of people in French prisons are Muslim, and some figures go up to 80%. So you're four or you're five to ten times more likely to go to jail. Uh, the unemployment rate for people, and this this man was born in, in of Algerian um, heritage, but born in, he was a local boy, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, born in Strasbourg. Uh, but he had um, much more likely that he was going to get it in a, a scrape with the law. And like here, um, white boys get picked up for something, and they call the parents. And and you know, young men of color often are you know, taken right into the uh, into the jail system. Um, he didn't have the so this this young man he you know not to justify of course not to justify his attacking of innocent people at a uh, at a um, at a Christmas market, mm-hmm. but what would have happened if he had if this young man would have from his childhood known that he had a place in French society, and if he had equal educational opportunities, equal employment op- opportunities, if he wasn't going to be watched. By the cops and picked up for minor, you know, he might not have committed the minor crimes that he got jailed for in the first place, uh, and he would have been treated better if he had. Uh, radicalized in prison, 
would never have happened. And and this um, this this the, these five people who were killed in Strasbourg last December would probably be alive mm. if if um, Sharaf Shakat had the the same chances that they gave um, uh, a white man in France with a French name. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it, it's counterintuitive. I, th- I think the, the wisdom um, that uh, I think the oldest place we have it is from uh, Proverbs in the in the Bible attributed to uh, to Solomon, mm-hmm. uh, saying, "If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's mm-hmm. you know, if he's naked, give him clothes. If he's thirsty, give him to drink." Yes, uh, is is that really? We are not safer in our homes or in our country if. You know, we are much safer if the people we consider our enemies, even the people who hate us, uh, we have a stake in um, making sure those people are secure and safe and able to have um, hopes for their, their own lives and for their children. Mm-hmm. It, it, uh, it just doesn't, you know, it, it's counterintuitive, but but it just makes sense when when a young person gets out of prison we ought to be just as concerned that that young man a young woman uh gets um is able to continue their education yep. able to find a good job able to find a home <laughs> you know sometimes people in some states people who are out of prison are not not eligible for uh subsidized housing by the government no, somebody gets out of prison, and we ought to be very concerned for just for our own safety. I'm not t- saying a pie in the sky altruism, and you know everybody hug each other and everything. Yeah. Nothing, like, nothing no, wrong we, with that, though. It's, it's it's very nothing wrong with that, but it's pragmatic. It is realistic. Somebody gets out of jail, they ought to get a job. <laughs> they ought to get a house. Yes. <laughs> they ought to be able to, to to buy food for themselves and for their families. And if somebody gets out of prison and is not able to do those things, that's that's dangerous. Can you bring that? Can, can you bring that argument to uh, what this uh, Israeli was asking about problems that um, they're having over there with the Palestinians and Hamas? Does the same argument work? Uh yes, uh, definitely, definitely. Um, uh. Yeah, this um, all these things happen for for, for a reason. Our own, uh, you know, we we keep seeing this um, evil being put as the other person, and our own violence is so their violence is senseless, and ours is so sensible. I, you know, I would say to, to 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 your friend in Israel that that uh, I I know for a fact that there are good people in in Gaza and the West Bank mm-hmm. who good peace-loving people who are asking the same questions is how can we sit by and with all this violence going on and all these assaults upon our people and not respond Mm -hmm. uh and uh yeah if you know gaza is is uh by all accounts it's a it's um whoever you blame for it it's it's an open-air prison and the people who live there don't have any hopes for their children the sanctions that are on them and the closing of borders when when a family is not able to feed their children and they know why and they know who is controlling 
mm-hmm. the flow of food and water, and they know why they can't get uh, that they can't find jobs. They know why there isn't money around, and they know why um, uh, their water is 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 polluted, and why they only have electricity a couple hours a day. That uh, there there definitely is going to be. Um, going to be a resentment and there's going to be going to be a backlash you know this is not to, to justify what anything that anybody does it's mm-hmm. just saying you know it's, it's like uh the law of gravity you know these are these are yeah. uh so predictable that they're almost inevitable right. and when you doing something that has an inevitable result you have to wonder at some point at which where where it is uh, deliberate, yeah. whether these cruelties are, are deliberate and whether the um, even the terrible results are deliberate. Um, I mean, one thing that came to my, across my attention a few, uh, last summer is the LA Times had an article that said that in Syria, the uh, CIA was funding and arming one militant group and the Pentagon, the Department of Defense, was funding and training and arming another group of of rebels, and these two groups were fighting each other with U.S. weapons and 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 U.S. training and money in their pocket. You know, uh, that's insanity. Wages paid, <laughs> you know, uh, to their militants uh, for fighting, and they were fighting each other, which seems which. It, it seems insane, but there's a logic to it. If you have a lot of stock and Raytheon or uh, you know Lockheed Martin, you know if you, if you can be if you're the one making money off the selling these weapons, you know the idea that that that, that this war and this war going on in Afghanistan now 17 years, everything the U.S. is doing uh, are things that are so clearly going to make it worse. Yeah. <laughs> I, Clearly, yeah. our, our generals admit that they, you know, the, the, the generals, everyone who leaves Afghanistan will say, you know, Stanley McChrystal and all the others will say, we're making enemies faster than we can kill them. Uh, but it goes on and on. Um, if, if if we can, yeah, if we can, if you can just, um, and I don't know if you have an answer to this, but uh, you you make a very um, logical, um, it's also emotional, salient argument about. How our prisons uh, here, and how prisons in Israel—how you know that that uh, Gaza is in a sense a prison—creates uh, more danger than not. Um, how do we get out of this place where we defile our enemies, see them as other? Uh, how, how do we get out of this morass that that we're in? And it's, it seems like we're habitually hating. You know the other. Um, how do we stop that? Yeah, that's um, that's a hard question because yeah. it's in all our education and yeah. our, you know, unfortunately, even our our churches and other religious institutions. Yeah. Um, We're constantly people, uh, de- defiling the other. Yeah, and um, and and not seeing how how we look to. To somebody else. I mean, you know that you know, that, that that we're, we're you know that that uh, yeah that 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 
other people are really struggling with how are they going to deal with the United States or how are they going to deal with Israel uh, when they see so much violence. Uh, what, how can they nonviolently deal with us? And, well, and, it and, seems to uh, me the true bravery happens when you let down the walls, so to speak, metaphorically yeah. and literally, and just, you know, start living with each other and you know, there's going to be dangers to that, it seems to me. But, oh, yeah. uh, but, uh, but eventually, if we're ever going to exist as um, in on this world, we need to kind of what cooperate. Um, and I well, and it, I'm, it I'm not I'm not a Christian, but love, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, um, you don't. I. It doesn't. It, you know, it's uh, neither was Solomon a Christian, and he yeah. <laughs> was was that yeah. is uh, who, but but it's. Um, you know, give Especially food to our enemies today, when they're hungry. Drink yeah. to them when they're thirsty, as as you were um, quoting um, the Hebrew book Proverbs. Yes, it's um, and today uh, it's really clear what Martin Luther King Jr. said years ago that it's not the question is not violence or nonviolence. It's nonviolence or non non-existent, and it really is that cold and hard uh, even more today is that, um, yeah, learning to love one another and to care for the earth and to uh, not take any more of the world's resources uh, than we have coming to us or any more than anybody else can have, mm. um, is this is this is the pragmatic, realistic um, assessment of the world is we can't keep doing this the the the, the 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 most idealistic utopian idea that i can imagine now is that we can keep going the way we're going mm. that is absolute insanity and there's no easy answers i'm not saying that everything you know you, you, as you said i uh, alan uh, yeah. it takes the risk love is risky whether it's in the <laughs> yeah. whether it's on the most personal intimate um, absolutely uh situation or when you're talking about the, the planet is is it does entail risk but so does war and the risk of war is and the risk of putting people in prison and alienating more and more people is there is only one possible result to that yeah. nothing else is going to happen except it's going to get worse and we're going to get more uh, punishing Gaza for the for the, you know the missiles that that, that are um, Flying out of Gaza is, I, I'm in no way wanting to justify that at all. Mm-hmm. But shooting, uh, you know, but, 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 but airstrikes and destroying homes and, um, you know, you know, killing people mm-hmm. at a much larger scale is simply, um, it, 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 it does assure. There, there, there's no sane. I don't think there's any sane person who would see that as anything but ensuring that there's going to be more rockets coming. More of it, and and, and and more of it, and more of it, and more of it. It's just going more to continue. More of it, and more of it, and more of it. And the person who, uh, and, and 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 the party that has the most power, is always the one who has the most uh, ability to do something about it. <laughs> yeah, and, and cause and, the most destruction. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, I want to be clear, though. I, I, as I'm saying, that sanctions, I think, are almost always, uh, you know, in, in the in general terms, you know, pro- making you know, you know, 
what we're doing in Venezuela today, what we're doing with Iran, mm-hmm. what uh, Israel's doing with Gaza. We're trying to keep food and medicine and clean water and, and, and the things that people need to live is, I think, always, always wrong and mm-hmm. always uh I also think that we do need to have a world moratorium on uh, the sale and production. And you know, Donald Trump is pulling us out of any any uh, convention that might bring us close to this. The uh, that that selling of weapons or giving weapons, um, helping weapons get into the hands of, of whether it's Hamas or the IDF or you know the U.S. Marines or the Air Force. Um, we can't be providing arms to to uh, anybody, no matter which side they're on. Um, that, that that's uh, always destabilizing and and only fuels you know the weapons that were the United States as the main weapons dealer in the world. Um, it only fuels conflicts, um, you know, just like the. Uh, and and once you have you hear about these weapons that uh, are being used in the cities uh, in the United States, and what you'll often hear these weapons have no place but on a battlefield. Mm-hmm. And it's like no assault weapons don't belong on a battlefield either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and if you're going to be producing them for the battlefield and selling them around the world, uh, you're not going to keep them off the street. It's not going to. That's not possible. Um, yeah, we live in one world. We're all connected. Everything is connected. One thing's yeah. going to affect the other. Um, yes, we were speaking with Brian Terrell uh, from his uh, farm in Iowa. It's nice and chilly there, and um, uh, I see you trying to warm up the world with your ideas, and we need to continue this conversation uh, on Bar Crawl Radio. I, um, I'm going to use a part of this on our show today, but I think I'm going to post um, pretty much everything you said uh, just now. It's a message that uh, we need to hear over and over again. And I think you have answered our, our listener. Um, and I, I, I well, hope it's, I hope it's adequate. If you hear huh? from her any more questions, please pass them along. Okay, we, we will. And thank you very, very much for talking with us. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Brian. We'll talk again. Uh, Brian, before before you go, I, I just needed to have yeah. an, I need to have an ending there. Um, you were in Yankton Federal Prison. Um, my best friend went to college in that building. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> you, you, I mean, I guess you knew it was a college before it was a prison. It's a. I'll tell you, it's it's the weirdest place. Yeah, and and it's it was it was yeah it was Yankton College. Yeah, the, uh, Disciples of Christ Church run. Yeah, from 1883 to 1983. Oh, so you know the whole history of it, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the the feds bought it. Well, most prisons are just very, very ugly industrial, you know, um, places. But this one, you know, it looks like a Midwest small church-run college. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he had a lot of fond memories. Stone buildings, ivy-covered, big oak trees, and... uh, uh, yeah, just a very, uh, very pretty place. <laughs> I think I think it's really kind of uh, there may be a paper there, a thought there, of a college, which is an institution that has rules and has certain hierarchy in it, um, students and administration and teachers, and then it turning to another institution which also has a hierarchy, but here you have prisons and guards and administrators. Uh, yeah. With a total 
totally, absolutely different outcome. I mean, one is positive, and the other is 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 killing fields. It's deathly, emotionally yeah, dead. It, yeah, the symbolism of it is really uh, is really striking because it, it shows how there's so many ways we're moving away from education for incarceration. Yeah. But then, yeah. But then here it is so so direct. Like here's the place. That, you know, the, the actual physical facility was. Um, it was a place of growth. A place, a college, and now, yeah. now it's a, now it's a prison. So, right. like we, yeah, that it, it, that just really. Uh, and, and both and both institutions are creating thought, uh, are creating feelings, are creating personalities. Oh, yeah. But what are the personalities each are creating? And I think you kind of right. brought that out uh, in in what you just said. Yeah. yeah. Wow. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. We will okay. continue talking. I'll see you when you're in the city. Okay. Great. Buy you that drink. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.